Greetings and salutations. It's your boy Funky T coming at you for the third episode of Funk E Vibes Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have an excellent friend of mine. I'm proud to call this man my big brother in music. Um, sensei. Um, if I need an attorney, I know I could call him. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, bringing to you House Pioneer, Bermudian Hip Hop Pioneer, Kevin Bean, aka The Bar Star, aka DJ KGB in the house, people. <laughs> What's up, family? <laughs> Welcome, KGB. How are you today, sir? Well- well, I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me. It is a great honor and a privilege to to be a part of your third podcast. Um, and I must say the first two were absolutely excellent. So I'm really excited uh, to join in and, and to be a part of getting the message out there to the people. You know, it's all about delivery. So um, um, well done to you, my brother GT, my brother Funky T. Yes, indeed. Um, I'll let you take it from there. Any questions you got? I'll let me let me have it. <laughs> um, you, know, um, you know, they say you're supposed to give somebody the flowers in Bermuda. I won't give everybody the codfish cakes. <laughs> show them that they appreciate it. You know what I mean? So yeah, my, my, my stomach <laughs> thanks you greatly. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, all righty, all righty. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, KGB. Um. Be please give my viewers out there. Can you please enlighten them um, of your history of music here in Bermuda and is around the world? Um, wow. Starting with, I believe, obviously, would be um, your involvement and um, how you guys started the group. Um, new flip on the field of music. Mm. Um, was there any other groups before that? Well, um, no, not not formally organized as such, but um, I'm back around 1982, um, the feeling music was actually um, formed. Um, myself, as well as DJ Anthony Rockin' Cobbs, who hailed from Brooklyn, New York, who was brought to Bermuda to be the resident DJ um, at was once known as Green Gables. That's the name before Spinning Wheel and then subsequently Spinning Wheel. Um, he arrived in Bermuda around... Sorry, sorry, I think sorry to cut the- you off. I never knew that. That's sure. history. Um, yeah. You said the Spinning Wheel was called what again? Formerly it was called Green Gables. Green Gables. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep. Before it was spinning wheel, it was Green Gables. And Anthony actually came down around 1979. um, And that would have been in the the height of the disco era or whatever to Bermuda. Um, So he lived here and he lived on Parsons Road. And then subsequently, he and I became very close friends. And he ended up um, moving in um, to one of uh, my family's apartments. So he was here together with me and we were growing up on the estate together and every every moment I could have with him or whatever I would go and knock on his door and uh, we would talk music and um, 
we would start mixing and stuff like that. And we came up with the concept of putting together Bermuda's first mobile disco, and it was coined The Feel of Music. Subsequent to us putting that together in concept and name, we brought in our brothers and friends, or what have you, the initial group, or, what, or the initial members of the Feel of Music. There were five of us. There was Anthony um, Cobbs. There was also myself. And then there was Wendell Daniels. And there was Malcolm Rayner. And there was Paul Watson. Um, and we were the original five. The Feel of Music subsequently grew um, a couple of years later, uh, we had Mark Vera that joined us, as well as um, Olu Batamosi. When he arrived in Bermuda, he became a member of, of the of the of the group. And when his brother arrived, I think it was maybe a year or two after he arrived in Bermuda, Olu Batamosi became part of the Feel of Music. So we kind of grew to grew in number, I think upwards of about eight in total. And then there were other brothers and friends of ours or what have you that would play with us a lot, um, from time to time. But they weren't necessarily formal members of the group, but we certainly counted them as family within. So okay. it all started in 82 and um, we took it forward from there for as long as we possibly could. Okay, so who was the last member of the field of music? I'm just trying to pat myself the last on the back. Well, the last member, um, I want to say it is Eddie from Round at the Center. Um, I think Eddie, Eddie, Eddie joined, but this would have been um, during a period that I actually was off island um, pursuing my law degree. But at the t at the same time, Eddie was very much. I think in the latter years, in the '90s, going up to 2000, before Anthony's passing. Okay. Unfortunately, Anthony he died in early 2000, um, and it was it was just a freak accident that happened to him—a brain aneurysm—and that took him on to glory. So at the end of the day, the feel of music basically kind of. Um, um, disintegrated after that um the heart and soul of the group was very much anthony gotcha gotcha can you um elaborate on dj Cobbs? i mean a lot of people especially a lot of young people listening to um this podcast especially young bermudians would not would probably would know dj Cobbs. Sure. Well, you have to place it into a context. And the context is Anthony was an American. He was a New Yorker and he was a Brooklynite. Right. So he grew up in a time period when the emergence of rap was just getting underway. Um, we were coming out of the stage of, I suppose, disco through the 70s um, up into the 80s. And house music kind of emerged around 1984 coming out of Chicago, right? So Anthony being a Brooklynite growing up in Brooklyn um, was exposed to, you know, um, the Grandmaster Flash's the 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 um the the, the uh, African bombardas the um Ku um, Harks etc that were in the Bronx and obviously all of the I suppose brothers at the time in the city and in the tri-state area were listening to you know um, the radio stations like BLS KTU um, and Kiss FM and they would have DJs on there like 
Paco and, and Red Alert and on and on. So the art of scratching or what have you, which was very much um, a, a, a part of how music was being played at the time, was, was just emerging and was just starting to be played on the radio. So obviously Anthony as a teenager was exposed to all of that. He lived it. He was a part of it. It came from, you know, everything that was around him when he stepped out of his front door in Brooklyn. So as he came down to Bermuda, he was already uh, an accomplished mixologist. He was, he was a DJ's DJ. He knew how to mix and other people would refer to that term as blend. Right. So he was one of the few people that were the most competent, on the island at the then time and and certainly you could take any genre of music and blend it together in such a way that you know if you were a so-called radio dj back in the day you know you were used to drop cueing which is basically you start a record the record ends you say a few words and you start a next song thereafter right so bottom line is that's basically called drop cueing but mixing was matching beats, matching lyric, two beats, et cetera, et cetera, or whatever you in a continuous play that didn't drop an individual that was on the dance floor when one song would end and another song would begin. And, and Anthony was a master at it. He was a masterpiece at it. So for all of us, we were always drawn to him and we wanted to learn and, and certainly be exposed to it. I, I like him fortunate enough or whatever to be able to spend summers with my grandparents who lived in Long Island in New York um, growing up as, as a pubescent as well as teenager also was exposed to the same thing. But at the same time, I wasn't necessarily into mixing per se. I was into more emceeing. So um, Anthony, um, I think, really was one of the pioneers in Bermuda that brought the art of mixing to the jurisdiction. There were others that were out there too. So don't get me wrong. Certainly, you know, I can talk about, you know, special K I can talk about, um, Oh gosh. I mean, I'm now I'm showing my age cause I have to remember everybody's name. I think it was Anthony Rayner. Um, he was down at spinning wheel Mertz. Uh, Mike, he was down at, um, um, Disco 40, Calvin Richardson. <laughs> I think he became a, a, a chief inspector with the Bermuda Police Force or what have you. When he was a younger fella, he used to mix down to Disco 40. So, you know, all of us out there at the time were, you know, friendly rivals. And, and certainly, um, um, you know, those were the guys that were capable, I think, of delivering a club-like experience um, in, 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 in Bermuda. And, and um, everyone just basically, you know, admired them and loved them and wanted to go to the parties. And, and certainly they were the guys, the kings of their day. Very cool. Can you describe... Um... Can you describe the club scene back then? Oh boy, we had oh, so many clubs. I, I, you know, nightlife in Bermuda was was thriving um, in the eighties. I was very fortunate because my father, um, as an entrepreneur, um, he together with Yice Wilkinson, um, they owned the Galaxy Nightclub, which is. Um, the name that came after the Zodiac Palace. So if anybody's hearing this podcast, obviously your age can tell if you know these names, right? But um, Four Aces, the Zodiac 
Palace and then subsequently Galaxy Nightclub. Um, in, in my childhood, and this is in the 70s, in my childhood, they were the places to be. After that, there came Flavors, or what have you, Flavors as well. Certainly, there was 40 Thieves on Front Street. Um, there were a, n- a number of other clubs around, right? So we had Half and Half up at Southampton Princess at the then time. There was um, the gallery, which musicians would go to after hours or whatever, which is on uh, Church Street, um, right there by where the Washington Mall um, is located. There was the the club, which was on um, Bermudiana Road, um, upstairs a little Venice. There was French Connection, which is right there across from the bus terminal on the corner. Um, oh man, there were so many clubs that were around on the island and nightlife was was really thriving back then. But it was interesting because Spinning Wheel was located on Court Street. Spinning Wheel was the home of the field of music and certainly was where Anthony was the resident DJ. So that's where we kind of centered our attention from 1982 forward. Um, I I think Galaxy kind of came to an end um, in the mid 80s. But suffice it to say, um, there was still this ongoing active, I suppose, relationship between Spinning Wheel and Galaxy Nightclub um, being the predominant clubs where locals would go to. Um, we had tourists okay. also, but, but suffice it to say, the tourists were kind of steered away from Court Street because it was considered to be potentially dangerous, quote, end quote, at that then time. So, um at the end of the day, I remember us as a group or what have you putting together flyers and, and going down to Front Street and handing them out to tourists or what have you and having guided tours leading uh, lines of tourists from Front Street uh, uh, through through and uh, Court Street all the way up to the door of Spinning Wheel <laughs> so that they felt safe. Uh, but nonetheless, um, uh, you know, you had to do what you had to do to get the people where you so, need to get the people. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so you had to you had to provide... Yeah. Security yeah. for them to yeah, we work <laughs> like it was really like it was really necessary, but at the end of the day, it was the perception. The, per, yes, the perception, right. the perception that was out there was, you know, don't don't go on the court street. So, at the end of the day, you know, we had to fight against those kinds of scenarios, and gotcha, it was gotcha. the, the nature of the time of the day, you know. So, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah. I guess back there, the court street uh, still isn't. Isn't on the um, tourism map, is it? Well, no, and it's unfortunate <laughs> because at the end of the day, even to this day, you know, at, you know, ultimately we understand what happens um, and some of the activity that is, uh, that takes place, right? Um, yes, yes. But it, for all intents and purposes, that never really spilt out onto tourists or whatever. You said, you know, folks left tourists alone. And luckily, even to the extent that we look at um, crime in Bermuda, generally speaking, you know, you don't really see much crime being perpetrated against tourists. So um, um, for all intents and purposes, it's a bit of a, 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 a red herring, um, but it is a perception nonetheless that some people capitalized off of and we had to fight against. Gotcha, yeah, so. gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. 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 Very cool, very cool. Now, as the feel of music, uh, you guys did promotions, did you do concerts? Absolutely. Oh, man. I, I mean, the feel of music was a wonderful conglomerate of 
of brothers and friends or what have you, but we were all very musically talented. And to be quite frank, um, we would do from the smallest of parties, weddings, didn't make a difference what the event was. We had small systems and then we had very large systems. So um, um, what we knew was that the quality of sound or what have you was the most important aspect of the delivery of an experience with the feel of music. Hence the word and the name the feel of music because you had to feel it but you had to feel it in such a way that it was clean punchy crisp etc you know it had to be it had it had to have a certain let's say punch in in terms of delivery so one of the things that we were all very passionate about was having been a part of and grown up especially in terms of exposure, Anthony, myself, and then subsequently all the other brothers that would travel up to New York, um, um, being a part of the club scene out there. So to be able to go into the nightclubs like Paradise Garage, where Richard Long had 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 his 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 um archetype system known as the Bertha uh, system, right? They had Bertha bass cabinets, the sub bass in there was just absolutely incredible. Um, the quality of it, the mid-range um, bass cabinets, they had double scoops with len, um, lens horns and bullet tweeters. And, and, and at the end of the day, these stacks would go from floor to ceiling, ranging in height, upwards of 20 plus feet. So functionally speaking, the sound that came out of those stacks when playing, you know, um, disco, when playing house music, when playing club music, was just, there was none like it. And we were very, very insistent upon having the same type of sound here in Bermuda. So we purchased those cabinets in the States. Anthony and others uh, built the Bertha cabinet <laughs> from scratch or whatever you, and then you may recall the movie, The Earthquake. Earthquake came out at one point and the movie producers or directors behind that particular production, they actually had a special sub-bass cabinet that was um, developed in order to create the rumbling effect of an earthquake so that it was an interactive experience when you went into the movie theater. Um, we purchased eight of those earthquake cabinets and shipped them down to Bermuda. So the system in the wheel was just so special um and i think most people when they look back they remember how clean and how crisp and how amazing it felt when you came into the wheel and you heard your favorite song over that system um similarly would be the case in new york because when you would go to these mega clubs in new york whether it was the garage whether it was zanzibar out in new jersey i can go down a whole list of club names but at the end of the day a lot of them you know they were featuring the richard long system so at at, at the end of the day we had to have it and we had it and and that's why we became known as one of the most popular i think groups on the island that was delivering that quality sound 
taking it from the sound and moving back to your question though with respect to concerts or what have you we certainly developed the relationships in in new york and we became part of certain record pools like shore record pool up in the bronx so we were traveling back and forth picking up promotional um, records and then bringing those crates back to the island and then playing them in the club etc etc which led to our connection to various artists so we were responsible for bringing down the likes of of Bismarcky, MC Shan, Roxanne Chante, Chante, back in the day, um, you know, and there were many others that we did. We did, um, of course, Phyllis Hyman, um, who was a club artist. Um, we brought her down to the wheel where she performed, um, and then we kind of ventured onto the to, to the dancehall reggae side of the equation. Dennis Brown is another one that we had promoted here on island at Devonshire Rec. I'll never forget that particular event. Um, reason being, I was up in the light booth, which was some distance away from the stage, and we had put tarpaulins from Devonshire Rec's building across to the fence where the car park was in case it rained. Well, at the end of the day, I suppose folks came and they we had several thousands of people underneath that tarpaulin, but they decided to um, do what they typically do at a reggae concert and um, engage in certain activities, which created this cloud of smoke that hung right over the light, the lighting, I guess, trusts, etc., where the spotlight was located. That's and called mist. Yes, it was missed. That was a rolling, rolling fog. That was rolling fog. You're absolutely right. I was 20 feet in the air with (laughs) mist and fog, trying to keep the spotlight on Brother Dennis Brown and was having great difficulty because (laughs) 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 the mist was having an effect on me. And I I said, oh, my. So at the end of the day, it was a lot of fun. We had we, we had good good and great times promoting concerts on island, you know. But as I say, we would go from the very smallest events to the very largest of events in terms of of, of concert promotion as well as some um, you know club promotion. I mean, at one stage we even crossed over into radio announcing. So, you know, some may notice, some may not. But back in 1984 and 85. Um, on Friday nights, um, we had put together with Bermuda Broadcasting Company um, the Friday Night Dance Party Master Mix. So from 10 until midnight, yours truly would go and get on the radio and I would basically do the Friday Night Dance Party Master Mix session or uh, whatever to hype the people up as they're home, putting together their outfits, getting ready to go out to the club and they're doing the ironing or you're in your car driving to the club so you were getting in the mood and by the time you hit the club you were ready to go so you know once i finished up at the station i would race down to the club and then jump on the mic with the rest of the the crew um and we would bring the rest of the night home until three o'clock in the morning those are some glorious days in addition to that we also put together the college commentator so we were basically kind of like mentoring college kids um that were coming through and that eventually turned into the rap explosion because rap rap was really coming of age at that point. So, yeah. So those two particular programs on ZFB 1230 AM on your radio dial, (laughs) those were, those were um, the two uh, programs that we um, sponsored and, and, and carried out or whatever you on the radio. So, yeah, we we, we kind of crossed. Um, How all long did that radio show music. last? How long did it last? I, I think we we were up for about two years. It was eighty four, eighty five. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, 84, 85. Um, and that, those were key years in terms of music because disco was moving into house music. <laughs> Club music was shifting yeah. or what have you. They say house music is disco's revenge. Okay. <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. that, that was right at the precipice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So shifting away, yeah. from, shifting away from that, shifting away from the early days of feeling music. Um, shout out to every member of the field of music. Um, shout out to Wendell, big bro. Wendell. Absolutely, DJ Wiz. Wendell was no DJ Wiz. Um, Paul Watson was. Um, oh gosh, um, um, Paul went by. I think he went by just uh, just just Paul. <laughs> he went by Paul Watson. Paul yeah, Paul Paul went by just Paul. Um, um, Bim was um, um, Funk Master Bim. Um, uh, Malcolm Rayner, he was M A R. Yeah, M A R. That was his his DJ handle. Right. Um, certainly, Anthony was Anthony Rock and Cobbs. Um, and then yours truly on the uh, on the mic was the MC, and I went under the the title Grandmaster KGB. Don't get the initials too confused given what's going on with Ukraine right now. KGB is uh, my I was just gonna say. the initials to my name. <laughs> There's the initials to my name. So at the time, it didn't have the same level of impact that people might otherwise, you know, yes, want to add, yes. want to connect it to right now, you know. But yeah, anyway. You might- you might want to think about yeah. rebranding that. Just saying. Yeah, well, yeah. hence the Barristar, right? Because, yeah. you know, when I when I eventually <laughs> qualified as an attorney, um, <laughs> certainly I became a Barristar and attorney. So instead of Star, I took on the Star element. And um, that was a lot of fun. Yes, that was a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. now, getting into the final 15 minutes of this interview. Um, what is next for you, sir? I know you're still doing house music. That is correct. I I am. I am. I, I will tell you that it has been my love. It's been my passion. It is my genre. Um, I grew up with it. It's nostalgic for me. Um, I like to think that in the early days or whatever, I was really a strong dancer um, certainly, you know, when breakdancing came out, I was one of the first I was running around with the onion breakers here in Bermuda, breakdancing, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I came from it, you know, it's, it's, it's part of my min. And unfortunately, as music continues to evolve and change, um, in some, some respects, there's certain genres that I like and others that I don't like. I, I don't like what's necessarily happened to rap or what have you, but at the end of the day, you know, to each his own, that's fine. Um, but I've always, always loved house music because the genre is designed to inspire. It's designed to uplift. It's designed to transform the listener or what have you. And typically the lyrics that are being used are, are, they fall within the boundaries of those three kind of characteristics of being uplifted of being inspired and transformative. So, you know, and they're very positive, right? So, you know, we oftentimes talk about garbage in garbage out, but I like to put positivity in so I can get some positivity out. So I'm stuck. I'm stuck in my genre for me. And, and that's all personal. 
Case in point is that, unfortunately, you won't hear that on the radio station in Bermuda. You just won't um, anymore, right? And that, and there are. I would tell you, I'm. I'm no, might, we're I talking about house music. Yes, we're not talking about the modern day EDM. No, that's correct. I'm talking about house music, right? So talking, you got to be careful. I am, because I'm, I'm, no, 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 no. Modern I'm, day I'm house music very falls on the EDM. I understand. Right. I understand. And right. I appreciate the distinctions right. that people are now starting to draw or whatever you write. And don't, don't get me wrong. There are, there are elements of EDM and techno that very much appeal to me. But at the end of the day, my genre is house. So I was being very specific in terms of, of, of referencing house music as the area of passion that I specialize in gotcha. and that I've, I've collected and amassed hundreds of thousands of tracks. Right. So gotcha. at the end of the day, to the to to your question with regard to my future um i had to teach myself how to dj and i would say stepping back into 2011 um i decided that i would master at the then time you know the turntables the controllers weren't out at the time or whatever but i put together a system and then certainly cds came about the cd players etc with the mixes and i bought all of that equipment and i became master of in mastering mixing um but I was doing it more for me so that that way I had what I wanted to hear all the time and I had access to it. Well, what that's ha what's happened with that is, is that I, with the advent of the internet and where it's gone now that you can listen into the world's greatest DJs, even those that pioneered um, um, house music or whatever, they're out there streaming from wherever they're located. So you can actually tune in and appreciate that. And that became like my outlet, you know, on various days when I was not at work and I was just having downtime, I would listen to artists performing overseas, et cetera, et cetera. And that led to developing relationships with those particular DJs. And that led subsequently to then becoming part of networks and, and, and being invited to perform overseas, which is where I now find myself. So interestingly enough, or whatever you, I'm, I'm very much part of a group um, out of North Carolina headed up by DJ Keith Clubhead Stevens. Um, and he is exposed me to a multitude of not only DJs, but also producers and award-winning producers, Grammy award-winning winning producers, right? So bottom line is, is that I've traveled to their, their events and met them personally, and we've developed relationships and I've managed to you know, start to, I get guess, get into position to be able to headline, I'm, I'm to, to open for these headliners. Um, it's been very daunting, I must say, but at the same time, it's been a great challenge. Um, and all of this is being done because that's my area of passion and love. So I'm playing on a radio, radio station called Black Pool Radio.co.uk, which I stream out to from time to time. As well as, as I say, I'm about to um, um, fly out on the 1st of April because on the 2nd of April in Charlotte, the, the, the epicenter of house music as a genre shall be right on Charlotte on the 2nd of April because the king of the, of the genre, DJ Louis Vega of Masters at Work, 
is headlining an event which Keith Clubhead Stevens will be promoting. And I have the incredible honor to be opening the first two hours of that, that event. So ultimately, you know, I'm out there, I'm in the mix, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm doing my thing. And it's at this stage in life at 59, um, you know, I'm not going to necessarily be a 60 year old DJ that's playing all the time, but from time to time and, you know, across the year, if an event comes up and I'm able to make it, I certainly would want to go out and, you know, play and just be a, continue to be a part of that, which brought me so much joy in my youth. Age um, is just a number, we'll, my friend. Age is just a number. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Noted. But point is, I recognize that we're losing a lot of the greats. You know what I mean? So time is of the essence. You know, if you look across every genre, it doesn't make a difference which or whatever you write. But functionally speaking, is like a lot of the greatest artists that played within the boundaries of those particular genres or whatever they're leaving. They're leaving us and transitioning to another place. So point is, is that, you know, age, age does catch up to you. And so it is, it becomes significant as a number, not from the point of view of enjoyment, but from the point of view, is, is it still there? Are you able to see it in person? Are you able to be a part of it live as opposed to something that's pre-recorded? So I say all of that to say that while God grants me life and gives me energy or whatever you, I, I hope to continue to enjoy that pathway for as long as I can, because I would say to any listener that's out there, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful way of, from a, I think, wholesome perspective, right? Really achieving, you know, joy and happiness um, within a healthy environment, within, um, and, 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 and for dancers or people that just love music or what have you, when you're dancing and you understand this very well, or what have you, there are moments when you have these just bursts of ecstasy. Uh, it's a natural high uh, and, and it's not a chemical high. It's, 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 it's what I call an eargasm or what have you. Right. So I run after the eargasms. I love it. It's just, it's just who and what I have always been and what I always want to continue to be. Very, very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Um, who are some talk? Who are, some of the house DJs that inspire you? Oh gosh, there's so many. But at the end of the day, I will tell you based on my exposure, um, Tony Humphreys um, out of New Jersey. Tony Humphreys was the resident jock at Zanzibar um, back in the 80s. He, he, he's the guy. I mean, he's just amazing. Um, certainly Louis Vega, Louis Vega. I mean, like I said, this is a bucket list moment coming up for me in the next 10 days, um, getting out there and being able to open for him because in truth, he's been around from the beginning and he is a master of fusion of different types of genres. So he will take Latin influences and, 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 and African influences and blend them into an urban feel um, in a way that only he can. Um, certainly Kevin Hedges, Timmy Regisford or whatever you, Timmy Regisford, just an amazing DJ, but also producers because a lot of these names I'm calling off, they now have their own record labels and their producers of other artists. 
or whatever you write. So Timmy Regisford is another one. Quentin Harris is another one. Um, Frankie Knuckles out of out of out of um, Chicago, he's another one. Uh, I would tell you that Wayne Williams and 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 um, and the guys from Chosen Few um, out of Chicago brilliant um steve so curly you know one of the pioneers you know the song gotta have house house music all night long or whatever you steve so curly yes. produced that track or whatever you right and i mean he, he's of sns records he's become a great friend and mentor um you know but an incredible dj and in his in his own right and then you know out of baltimore interestingly enough because i always focused on new york and chicago or whatever you but as a result of my exposure with Keith Stevens, mm-hmm. um, he exposed me to Tommy Davis out of Baltimore. And Tommy Davis is a beast. He's the boy is off to meet us, right? And he's in his 60s and still going, right? Um, but he's produced hundreds of artists, and you know, he's 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 heavily sought after by by many or whatever you artists that they would want him to remix, you know, their tracks or whatever you. So Tommy Davis is formerly of the basement boys. If if you can go back then there's dj spen is spelled s-p-e-n dj spen i mean you know he's doing incredible things these are all african-american and latin-based um, um, um djs and producers um that unfortunately are not in the top 100 in the world according to dj mag or whatever you according to revenue earned right so it's it always kind of puzzles me and boggles my mind that the so-called top 100 who have basically learned their craft from these pioneers that i've just kind of enumerated um you know at the end of the day they've they've usurped their music they sample from their music because these are guys these are the pioneers that produced it but but they're the ones that are the most wealthiest out there in europe amongst the edm kind of techno crowd so don't get me wrong edm and techno has its place but it's just a different kind of feel to the genre i wanted to kind of stress the distinction that i make between house music and edm and techno because for the most part you dance to house you know and the way in which you dance there are a variety of different um, um let's say um names for different types of dances that have come about in, in the house music genre, whether it be lofting, whether it be, you know, um, skip, whether it be, there's all these different terms that they've used to coin different ways in which people express themselves on the floor. But in the, in the EDM techno context, it's, it's much more about jump, jump, jump up and down in one spot or whatever. You had a mega concert with this incredible light show and this DJ far off in the distance on the stage with this, you know, and and on and on and on right so point is is that that's a different type of experience that i'm not accustomed to but at the same time appreciate i appreciate it because it's amazing and it's in its spectacle or whatever and i appreciate the joy and the love that everybody's feeling in that atmosphere Mm -hmm. but it's different yet again i go back to the clubs back to the cities back to the states etc etc from and i don't want to disclude any particular state but i would tell you you know there's a distinction between new york and new jersey and philly and atlanta and baltimore Mm -hmm. and 
Carolina and Miami and L.A., there's a there's actually a literal distinction in those geographies in terms of the the types of songs that have become anthems in that space. Okay. Case in point, if you were to play a song like The Percolator in Chicago, there are you would see in the club setting or whatever you write four different types of dances underway because Chicago kind of separates itself out into North, South, East and West. So the folks from the West side of Chicago are dancing to the percolator in one way versus the folks from the South side or whatever. You can tell that's a South side guy right there or whatever versus that being the North side, but the anthem itself, the song, the track, the percolator oh. or whatever you write just makes everybody go woolly in Chicago. Not yeah. that it wouldn't in el elsewhere, but is my point. Various various cities and various states, right, have their own anthems or whatever, and they have their own expression in the way in which they dance to the genre. So these are things that you learn along the way or whatever, based on exposure and having gone to the events and having been a part of it. You get to see all of that and you get to start to say, oh, this is really deep. You know, it's like, I suppose in the Bermuda context, is the difference between, I guess, Somerset playing St. George's at Cup Match. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Now, same thing but different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Now, moving on, yeah. moving on, because we are coming. I know you're busy. I know you. Got, I know you got something after this, and I appreciate you being on my show. And I hate rushing you because I know how passionate you are about this. Um, house music. Where did it start? Yes, where was the original? Where did it start from? Okay, let, I mean, to put it in its proper context, it's most important to, to really, really appreciate that house music had its origin out of Chicago. Um, absolutely. It's, it's, it, hands down, Chicago. Um, and the way, it, the way it actually occurred was um, Frankie Knuckles and others were playing this particular sort of music in a nightclub called The Warehouse. So in order for the listeners of that type of genre or whatever you to explain to the owners of record stores when they would go by and say, look, I'm trying to get this song. It goes like this, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I heard it in the warehouse and, and eventually that became, oh, you mean that house music stuff? Yeah, house music. So the word house, the suffix off of the warehouse is what really coined the term. But then it moved. And when I say it moved, it moved from Chicago to Detroit. It moved, you know, because Detroit had its own sound um, within house music and it moved down to New York and, and eventually over to Jersey, et cetera, et cetera. So different artists started producing um, similar types of um, um, sounding tracks using similar instrumentation and technology. Remember the 808 drum machine and thing, things of that sort that came out at the time. So that became the go-to type of piece of equipment that you had to get when you were making your beats. So the sound was similar, you know, across these different states. But mm -hmm. its origin absolutely was Chicago, 1984, 85. I can't say what month, but it was right in that pocket. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, what are, now, as a house head, I mean, I'm asking, I'm going to ask in my inner teenage, 
So I'm a teenager now, 18 years old, just getting into house music. I want to know what um, songs um, from back in the day that made house music so great. Can you give me a top 20 list? <laughs> I don't think I can call off 20 on this particular podcast right now, but I would tell you any song that came off of a record label called tracks, T R a double X or whatever you right? Those were the, those were the beginning uh, songs for house music. Right. So you had songs like Donnie and follow me. Songs that all fat fit in in um, I suppose into that particular modality from tracks out of Chicago. They were the pioneering songs. There was um, another song out of Detroit. I can't recall it off the top of my head, but also pioneering. They gotta have house music from from Steve Silcarly out of Chicago. Pioneering song yet again. Um, you can actually Google it. You can go onto Wikipedia and look at um, um, the origin or the history of house music, uh, and they will actually give you a list of the various tracks or what have you that were the first, I suppose, ones that came out. That's what I would recommend to young people. You know, oftentimes it's not about necessarily walking around with that history in my brain to be able to say, um, the first one was this one, and then the next one was this one, all the way down to 20. It was more the ones that I liked, that I enjoyed, that otherwise stick out for me in my own brain. So, you know, it's, I can tell you those are some of them. What was the one house song that you heard that made you fall in love with that one? What was that okay. one song you heard? I, I would tell said, you I'm in I, love I with her. All right, so I'm gonna tell you that right now, today, you wouldn't actually ref you wouldn't actually call it a house track. Okay. It's more of a it's more of a club track, mm -hmm. but it's played in house music all the time. So mm -hmm. there 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 are two that stand out. One is by Eddie Grant. It's called Time Warp. Okay. Right, and then and then, and it has an, another version to it, which is also um, called um, um, Nobody's Got Time. The other one was a song called Disco Circus by Martin Circus. Um, and when you hear those two songs in a club, you can't help but have to dance. It's just like you have to. Like something's wrong with you if you if you don't move. Right. <laughs> um, so 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 those two tracks or whatever I would tell people for me or whatever is what really like just gave me the bug, you know. Um, but there's so many. There are so many others. I mean, we can go back to. Oh gosh, um, you might you might have, you might remember Dindada, right? Dindada. Um, mm. You might you might remember um, um, walking into sunshine. You know, um, that was third world. You know, um, now that we found love, it was housed up. And so the point is. It, but they go back. Love is the message or whatever you, but it's by MFSB, mother, father, sister, brother out of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. All of the South Soul songs, all of them, all of the South Soul records out of Philadelphia. Amazing. Amazing. Right. Love sensation. Let no man put us under my first, my mistake. Um, um, you know, <laughs> 
um, it's just there's so many tracks, so many titles, but it's about following the history, following, I suppose, the the the, the labels, the geographies. You know, if you have family in the states and you're listening to this podcast, I would suggest or whatever you talk to them about some of the anthems that otherwise activated them when they went out to the sets and the parties when they were younger. Um, you know, and they'll tell you about, you know, the groups that were around at the time in their geographies. And then you just start researching that and you look for that, you know, and then you, you come across these gems and for, for young people today, it's like hearing the music for the first time because they've never heard it before. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Um, just one quick question. I just want to get Mm -hmm. your opinion and actually not an opinion. Just want to get, find out how you felt. I think it was last year or year before last, um, you went away and performed at your first event. Was it last year or the year before that? Last year. Last year. Um, can you tell us when that, where that was? Mm-hmm. And um, just tell how, how you felt. Sure. I was invited to participate in an event in North Carolina. Um, This was last year around March. Um, And we had about 500 and or five to 600 people out in a, in a big, big park in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, And it was like church. (laughs) It was amazing. I, I just, all I can say was I was there with, you know, I would say very seasoned DJs. And to be quite frank, I was, a, despite my age, I was the baby in the group and I was welcome in and the folks really, um, they took to me and they enjoyed my set. And, um, but it was, it was a revival. It was just, we, we partied and partied and partied and danced. The floor was never empty. And it was just beautiful to see people's spirit alive once again especially in the midst of COVID. So um, that's what I would say. That being said, G, I want to thank you for the opportunity to be a part of your podcast. I really appreciate it. And I hope this message or whatever you reaches folks that are out there that may be going through it. If you're going through it, I just encourage you. Just check out the genre and feel free. You can call me. You can reach out to me. If you can't find me, reach out to Glenn and he'll he'll connect us up or whatever. I'm happy to share the music. I'm happy to be able to expose you to the music. So music saved my life and I hope it can save yours. Thank you, Kevin, for coming on today, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, DJ KGB. And thank you Amen. for listening Amen. to the funk. Amen. E Vibes Podcast. God bless you. Bye.